What's up, everyone? This is Consuelo, and you're now tuned into COTM Radio. Yeah, I wanted to do a decent job of not talking about what you talked about in service. Um, okay. Just because I don't want you to, one, have to repeat it, because um, you've already done that. Um, and even though it'll help a lot of people on our platform, um, I would rather people listening to this platform go back onto Facebook mm. and watch the service for themselves. Um, so good services if I do say so myself. Yeah, amazing really service. service. She is not lying. <laughs> yeah, my gosh. No. Um, what was the, uh, do you remember what the, I don't think there was a title for it, but what was the key concept that you touched on? Because um, it was with our, it was kind of with our parents, the it, vessel. It, the empty vessel. Empty it all kind of came down to the empty vessel. Okay. So if you are listening to this, um, please go check out Consuelo's message with Pastor Chase. Uh, he interviewed her on a few different concepts and ideas uh, in front of our congregation um, so that we can kind of understand and link both uh, science and self-awareness with uh, God and his love for us and how cycles work and breaking patterns and things like that. So, um, yeah. And you're also currently teaching a class i now. am currently teaching How a long class is that class going for um we're going to be starting week five so i've uh after this after this thursday we'll have five more weeks which okay. is what, the halfway point i'm really excited about it's it every thursday every thursday mm-hmm. uh it's called over we're going through a book called overcoming emotions that destroy it is a great book i highly recommend it Okay. Yeah. Overcoming emotions that destroy mm-hmm. okay and it touches we start off touching on anger um, and we're slowly breaking through some stuff, and it's been really good to see yeah. all my groups kind of Responding. slowly take down certain barriers and share and be vulnerable, um, which can be really scary in a group mm-hmm. of people you might not know, but yeah. it's encouraging to see. Um, yeah, so that's Thursday nights here at the house. Mm-hmm. Um, FCC Encounter, which you guys, if you're listening to this, you should already know that. Um, <laughs> shout out to the house. Shout out to the house. I'll make sure if I do any other groups in the future to post it on my Instagram beforehand. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I know the announcement wasn't so big, and a certain person sitting across from me was not happy to find out really last minute. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> not happy. We are blessed and honored to have the amazing Sway Lee Consuelo with us. Thank you for sitting down with us. Thanks for, for your having time, me. For everything you're going to bring to this platform, yeah. uh, the people you're going to help. Maybe I'm amping it a little too much for your anxiety at the moment, <laughs> but uh, I know that uh, through our weakness, he does great things. So, Amen. Um, mm. Would you like to pray us in? Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> what? Would you like to pray <laughs> us in? Pray us in? Yeah. <laughs> Listeners always. Would you rather sure. pray us in or pray us out? Yeah. Um, let me pray out, actually. Okay. I would like that better, yeah. Awesome. All right. Let's do it. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we just uh, come before you um, with thankful hearts, Lord. Thankful that you're, you're just allowing us to uh, once again come before you and just talk about what you've done in our lives, Lord. I pray that... Uh, Everything that comes out onto this podcast, Lord, will just bless those who are listening. And um, I pray, Father, that our words will fall to the ground, Lord, and, and your words will rise because that's the only thing that's going to penetrate the hearts of the listeners, Lord. So we pray for you to move in this space, Lord, and uh, to move through this conversation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. Yes. Tell us, yeah, tell us um, about, a little about, about yourself. yourself. Okay. Um, so just in general? Just in general. Okay. What you do, um, maybe why you do it. How sure. You, how you got there type of thing. I'm sorry. Uh, sure. So, um, born and raised in South San Jose. Um, I've been here my whole life. Uh, elementary school, junior high, high school. Um, I went to San Jose State for my undergrad. I got my bachelor's in liberal studies prep for teaching. I really thought I wanted to teach. So before I went away, for, or before I went to college, I'd done a lot of like babysitting, nannying. It's like, okay, kids, like something to do with children. So let me see what I can do. Um, so I was like, well, teaching, that sounds interesting. Now I wouldn't take back my major at all. I enjoyed it so much. Um, I had some really fun classes, but I was about to graduate and I realized I really don't want to teach. Yeah. I had to take a class in my last semester where I did 50 hours inside of a classroom and I was like, 
no, I'll go home like really pissed off every single day. Like I would want to, I'd probably go home not wanting to even look at my future children. Like I was like, this, this isn't what I want to do. So I finished school and all of my classmates were like continuing their education to become teachers. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life now. I was raised Christian, you know, my mom raised me and my siblings in the church. My grandpa's a pastor, so we attended his church until I was about 13, and then we came and found FCC. So I've always known of God, I've always believed in God, I've always walked closely beside him, Um, but I was at a point where I was like, I don't know what you want from me, and I felt like I wasn't really hearing anything. So I was like, well, kids is always something that I've enjoyed, so let me try nannying. So I nannied for about a year and a half. Um, The last half of that, I was bored so I was straight up like the family was super sweet the kids were so great but I wasn't I knew it wasn't what I was supposed to keep doing so I hit a rock bottom of just being like I don't know what to do with my life um and I got down on my knees and I prayed and did a lot of journaling and did a lot of seeking and the word counseling kept coming up um, and during this time, I was also volunteering with the youth. I volunteered with the youth for about seven years. I followed a set of sixth graders up until they graduated. That was really cool. I realized that in our weekly Thursday night sessions, I kind of was doing a type of counseling with them, where it was like I was in their lives, I was investing into them. I was like, okay, what would it look like to continue that on a professional level? Like, what would I need to do to be able to do this? Yeah. So I started researching it and slowly God grew my heart for certain things. Um, grew, I'd always had like a passion to really help survivors of um, abuse, like physical and sexual abuse. Um, and he slowly grew my heart to being more towards trafficking, uh, like those that have been trafficked or those that are being rescued from traffic, uh, from being trafficked. And um, yeah, so to be able to support them in a therapeutic perspective, I needed to have my master's degree. So I started applying to a few different colleges, um, terrified out of my mind about going back to school because I did not want to go back to school to save my life. I remember I told one of my best friends at the time, I was like, Jesus himself would have to come down from heaven and say, (laughs) you're going back to school. And he kind of did in my like on my knees moment. It was like, are you ready? And I was like, no, but I'll do it. Um, so I started applying to schools. I went on a missions trip that I also didn't really want to go on, but God is kind. Uh, it was to New Mexico. The youth, the youth used to go every summer a few years back and I hadn't planned on going. And my mom behind my back, like signed me up to go as a, like a leader. Um, cause I wasn't a youth cause I was a leader as a leader. She signed me up to go and told my friend, like she doesn't have the money and they're like, we'll cover it. Like we'll pay for her. Um, and my friend Ashley came to me that later that day and she goes, are you so excited to go? I'm like, no, I don't want to go. Um, but God is so kind because he just, it was, I was at a point where I was scared of failing grad, like out of grad school. I wasn't even in grad school yet, but like the fear that had been placed on me of like not being able to do it was so strong that I was terrified of like not getting responses back from schools. And like the enemy was like put, like I was sitting in that fear. And because of that, I didn't want to go to Mexico. But through that, I was able to find a lot of like, no, no. So I was able to kind of break through that fear. And I actually came home to an acceptance letter, um, which was beautiful. Yeah, right. So uh, I did Liberty University a year online. And then again, midway through my first semester, God's like, go do residential. I'm like, you want me to move completely across the state? Like, where I know absolutely no one. Yeah. Where I'm away from everything. Um, okay. <laughs> and, yeah, I applied and they... Actually, I applied for it and originally I'd gotten a yes. And then when I got out there, I had... Or I'd gotten a yes and then they called me back, like, right before I was leaving to go out there. And they're like, so, actually, there's an issue. We might not be able to get you into your program. And I left the next week anyways, even though I wasn't accepted into the program because he told me you need to go out there like ever, like you need to go out there. I was like, oh, OK, so I'll go. Yeah. My mom doesn't know this. So surprise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she drove me across country with all my stuff yeah. and I wasn't in the program. Um, and so I get there. <laughs> What's going on, mom? <laughs> 
um, I wasn't in the program. And I remember dealing with phone calls. And at one point there was, you know, you might not be able to get to this program now. So what happened was I was accepted onto their online program, but their um, residential program was more stringent, like the application process. You needed to have a certain GPA um, to be able to not have to take this like extra class or this extra test. So my GPA from undergrad was just a little bit lower. Um, and they're like, well, you need to take this test. We can put you into like the marriage and family therapy gr- like line, but we can't put you into the clinical mental health line yet because right. you have to take your test. And I was like, okay. So I was like, okay, fine. So it's, um, uh, it's a week before school and they're like, so we're going to try to do this. And I was like, okay. Uh, a day later I get a call back saying there looks like there's a mistake we're going to try to do something else instead. And I was like, so am I in a program yet? And they're like, we haven't gotten a response yet. I'm like, okay, so what, like, what do I need to do? Um, And they're like, just give us a few days. So this is a week before school starts. um, And I've already gone to the orientation. (laughs) I'm freaking out because I don't know what the heck I'm supposed to. I'm like, you said to come out here. Like, what am I doing? Um, And I'm already moved into my apartment. My roommates are there. Like everything's all set up. And I get a call saying that the person um, mistook, like, uh, the fact that I'd been online. So because I'd been online, I was already taking classes. And I'd proven that I could write at a master's level because I'd gotten all A's at a B. So, like, you've proven that you can do this. So, yeah, we're going to – they're like, I don't know why they didn't look at that. Like, I don't know why they thought you still needed to take the test. Like, you've obviously proven you can still write at this level. Yeah. I'm going to push your application through. You should hear back from us within a few days. Maybe three days later before school start, my phone went off at like 12 something in the morning. Like, congratulations, you've been accepted. These are your classes. Da, 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 da. I was like, okay. <laughs> Down to the wire, yeah? <laughs> That's fine. Um, but it all worked out, and I loved getting my degree out there. It taught me a lot. Um, I love the East Coast. It's actually, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Um but I grew so much. There's something special about going away for school yeah. uh, to help you grow in your independence and grow into mm. uh, really knowing who you are in the right, right way. Right. Um, so that was that was really good. And through it all, like my hope, my dream is to still have a nonprofit one day that supports survivors of human trafficking. It gives them the ability to get medical help, um, legal help, mental health help, spiritual help, educational help, like all that they need to be able to then reintegrate into society. Um, and to be able to know that their worth isn't linked to what their past is, but into, um, their faith if they have it. And if they don't into knowing that they are stronger, uh, than, than whatever they've been told in the past. That is a massive dream. Mm. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. Only, only God. That's that's from him. Yeah. That's from him. That's not from me. Like, I, like I, I've added pieces to it. Like, I thought about, like, so many of these women, right, sometimes sometimes they're able to get out, um, and, and sometimes they have kids, right? Yeah. So what if there's a daycare attached to it? What if we then have support for, like, their children as well? Right. Like, what if we then support them if they're being pulled in? A lot of the time it happens within our own country, but sometimes we also have women that are brought... We have many, many, many women and men that get brought in from other countries. So what about getting them legal help to either stay here or to return if that is their wish? Sometimes they don't want to return. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe they'll get pulled right back in again. So there's a lot to it, but that's that's currently the dream. Well, if there is any way in which we can help support that cause, we would be more than happy to do so. Awesome. Um, whether it's just sharing it on here, um, whether it's having COTM by whatever your company name will be, <laughs> events and community stuff, um, we'd love that to contribute cool. and help you as much as possible. Awesome. Um, but a little, I guess, off topic from what how we were originally going to go, uh, just for one question. Um, sure. Because I hear a lot of um, discernment in a in a way. Um, yeah. Not that you necessarily were trying to choose between like twenty different options, um, but that there was one pretty much main option. Um, but that you had a lot of uh, I don't want to say confirmation, but there was just a lot of push mm-hmm. um, in that. And so maybe just from a practical sense, I don't expect you to have the grand answer but like uh for people that are trying to um develop their ability to hear how god speaks to them Mm -hmm. um are there any staples or foundational pieces or 
anything that you can recommend to those people necessarily like did he, he obviously didn't say okay consuelo you're gonna move across the country uh you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> it's true so like you know, true. i don't i don't you know how did that come about but what do you do what do you work on to develop that that hearing if you will i think it's relationship like it has to be relationship yeah um a lot of it is in my word a lot of it is journaling um a lot of it is just talking it out yeah. like i really like how I'll pray at the end of this is kind of different from how I'm, I may pray to him like on my own because right. sometimes it's just conversation. Yeah. Um, it's literally just being like, so what you going to do, big man? Like, yeah. what do you got planned? Right. <laughs> yeah, <that's awesome. laughs> like, that's just kind of how it is with him. Like, yeah. if I'm not, I mean, it's how I'm thinking it, right? Yeah. I should yeah. talk to him like how I'm thinking it. Like, even when I'm mad, I'll be like, you know what? I know you already know I'm mad at you. Right. Like, so what? What? what is this? What is happening? Yeah. Um, so it's just being real and having that relationship with him and praying about it and having those people in my life as well that I can bounce things off of mm-hmm. um, that I also know have close relationships with God. Like one of my best friends, um, I remember I it had kind of popped into my head about being residential. I was actually having lunch with her mm-hmm. and I turned to her and I was like, Rebecca, what if I did residential? Like, what if I moved to Virginia? Mm-hmm. And she just looked at me and her eyes got all, b- and she's the friend that like, she'll push me to do whatever. Yeah. As long as I'm physically safe, she'll push me to do whatever. Yeah. And she's like, do it. <laughs> and she's <laughs> Go literally yeah, like eyes all big, like do it. Big old smile on her face. Um, so bouncing it off friends. It's also sometimes I feel I know myself and that's a big part of it. Because right. I know myself and I know that if I'm thinking of something and I've been praying about it and journaling it and seeking counsel and if I know that in like in my spirit, like in my gut, like I'm nervous, excited, right. it's probably something I'm supposed to be doing. Mm. What's that process look like? Because I know for a lot of our, our listeners, we end up explaining something and then we it's not that we get replies, but we we backtrack it and we're like, OK, well, how did we get to that? Well, we got to that process because we knew what it's like to have our own conversations with God. Mm-hmm. And so we don't want to, we want to put that out there for people to learn from, but we want to put that out there so people learn from it and then take it and go apply it in their own way of how yeah. they're able to talk to God. So how do you, how did you develop your sense of like knowing yourself, I guess? Um, a big part of that I think is identity. Mm-hmm. Like I've grown up in church and it's one thing to grow up in the church and to still be here and to still fully believe. And yeah. it's another thing to grow up in the church and completely turn away. Right. Um, yeah. Wow. yeah, by the grace of God, I've never had that moment where I've like completely turned away. There's There's been struggles. It hasn't always right. been perfect. Um, but so much of it is knowing who I am in him and like tr- holding on to that even when I may not feel it. Yeah. Even when it may not feel like mm. I am who he says that I am. Um, always coming back to that. And that could be as simple as picking up my Bible or as picking up my journal or as talking it out with a friend. Um, The reason that I do what I do is because God has gifted me with this. And the more I'm in it, the more I realize that of myself, because I have a more, I have a self-awareness where if I know that something's going on within me, like if I'm talking it out with someone, I can slowly break down why. Yeah. Like, oh, it's because of this. Right. And that's what I do with my clients, right? When they come in, like I'm able to, I have to look at what's going on and try and break down why are they acting that way. And sometimes it's the same thing with the people around me. Uh, being able, like if someone's like upset with me on the freeway for some reason, I'm like, oh, they're probably having a bad day. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, taking taking that. But I'm like, I recognize it in myself because of that time I've had with them. And that's just grown because I've been intentional. Yeah. Like you have to be intentional in your relationships. Yeah. Um, you have to take a step out. So that's picking up my word, even if it's like five minutes on my phone in between clients, or if I can get early into the office, putting on some worship music and praising him before right. I have to start getting like done on paperwork. So practical. If you, if you're in any kind of relationship, whether it's a friendship, I have a significant other, mm-hmm. uh, or God. And if you don't, if you don't talk to that person for one week, two weeks, a month, yeah. but you're not going to know how they feel. Exactly. Um, you're not going to know how they feel about you in particular as well. Um, but speaking of feelings, because you, you mentioned that, um, how, and I think this will kind of segue into the conversation that we really um, want to get into, um, because as strong and as good as our intuition is our feelings deceive us all the time Mm -hmm. so how do we mentally work towards the process of 
not separating ourselves from our feelings, but obviously self-awareness, right? Mm -hmm. That that's a huge that's a huge piece of it. Um, but how do you resist these feelings that just come? Like they they just come out. So how are you, how can you pull yourself back from that moment that seems so fiery? Mm -hmm. You know, it could, it could be anger, it could be anxiety, depression, could be any of these things, fear, whatever. But it's just so strong um, that you're, 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 you're yeah, mm -hmm. like your second nature is just immediately to like give into it um, without even thinking about it. And then you might even think about it and you still just naturally uh, give into it. So it's like, how do we, how do how do we work our way away from our feelings? Our feelings. Hmm. Okay. So that's, <laughs> it's interesting because as a therapist, my process is always to like, well, what, like, what are you feeling? Mm -hmm. Okay. So then you kind of got to work your way backwards of where is that coming from? Yeah. What does that feeling, what will giving into that give you? Because mm -hmm. we do things to accomplish something. Right. You know, we seek uh we sit in our you know maybe we get angry because something didn't happen yeah so anger is usually it's actually three different things anger is never oh they're not in here anymore anger is never the first emotion it's a secondary emotion okay. it comes from um things being like like unmet expectations or hurts um insecurities like it comes from these other areas that aren't touched on but because we can't sit there and be like i'm insecure no i'm gonna get angry at you because you just touched on something that i don't like yeah. um and the same thing comes for lust like you're reaching for something that maybe you want but you can't have or you know that you don't want to go there yet yeah. depending on where you're at yeah. so it's you feel a certain way to reach an end point because you're you're seeking for something the feeling is just the the, the physical symptom yeah basically like yeah. you're sick and you have the flu but the symptom is you're sneezing coughing sweating uh, so you have insecurities but the symptom is that you're angry or you're lashing out or mm -hmm. or you're you know, depressed yeah, or right. you're anxious okay. yeah <laughs> um yeah so it's about finding so it's about finding out where is that coming from yeah so anger is never the first it's never it's always a secondary emotion right so you've got to find out, okay, what what in that made me angry? Right. What really is that anger? Yeah. What really in that moment triggered something in me? And it's 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 usually a hurt of some kind, hurt and insecurity, some type of thing like that. Hmm. What do you do with the people who um, they don't want to find out where that's coming from? <sighs> <laughs> wow. And I sigh because. Then you're just sitting in it. Then you're just allowing this wound right. to just fester. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say you can't succeed and move forward. If you don't want to deal with it, then you can recognize it. Yeah. Then there's that. And you can say, I'm not really angry at you right now. That just triggered something in me. But I don't want to deal with that thing in me. So we're, I'm gonna, I need to take a step back. Yeah. It would be the same thing if you were trying to deal with the issue, right? You're still going to take a step back and be like, I'm not actually upset with you right now. I just need to take some space because that triggered something in me. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So if you're able to recognize it, yeah. then you can take yourself out of that situation and not hurt someone else. Right. Because in our anger, we hurt other people around us. And so I guess, you know, for probably a lot of people, and we just fail to acknowledge it, that like, working through these things, developing the self-awareness, being able to diagnose not only the feelings, but the symptoms that come with those feelings. Um, um, I've asked this question before, and I want to ask you as well, um, which is like, how do we, because uh, the word says to honor your parents. Mm. Uh, it doesn't say just honor them when they're right um, <laughs> or when they're holy. It just says honor them. So yeah. how do we honor our parents if we don't agree with them? Oh, man. <laughs> At what age are we talking? <laughs> I don't think we really understand what honor is. Uh, yeah. In our teens, in high no, school. No, we definitely like don't. So we definitely don't. As a young adult, um, when you're actually starting to, when you can actually diagnose for yourself, when you start to apply life and you see your shortcomings and you see things, and maybe some of them came from your parents, maybe some of them didn't, um, when you're starting to learn who you are, mm -hmm. um, a lot of that probably isn't going to agree with your parents. Mm -hmm. um, so how do we honor our parents as we become young adults or into adults? If that, that would be the right time frame. 
Um, I guess the, just the general question is how do we honor our parents when we don't agree with them? Yeah. Um, but I guess our generation is anywhere from like 20 to 30-ish, 35, something like that. So at this age, how can we honor our parents even when we don't agree with them? Oh. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and the Lord said. Yeah, the Lord said. Should be quiet. <laughs> Why you got to ask that question? No. Um, so... The lights cut out for everybody who's trying to figure out what the heck we just started laughing about. Sorry. Um, so for me, for my own experience, so like I've said, mom, Christian, dad, not. Um, my parents um, have been separated since 2007, and I grew up with a very verbally and emotionally abusive dad. Um, and I easily, easily could be so resentful and so hateful towards him. And I was um, for a long time and had a lot of anger towards him. And I actually also, and I, I still catch myself sometimes um, when I'm feeling really down, but I started to put my ideas and my views of my earthly father onto God, which please be careful of doing that um, because it's not helpful. But anyways, um, honoring him because he doesn't agree with our choices, uh, didn't agree with me moving to Virginia didn't uh agree with many of the options of what i do but i think to honor him i think a big part of what he wants and how he feels i finding out how they feel honored finding out what makes them feel as if you're honoring them and what they've been through for my mom it's just being listened to she just needs to know that i'm listening whether it's i disagree with her letting her know like hey I get it and I know that you want what's best for me but I I think that this is like she's also she's Christian so letting if I pull out the Jesus card she's like okay (laughs) um whereas with my dad it's not so simple for him as well it's just he wants to be heard um and that easily can be hard because if I was still sitting my anger I could be like frick you I don't need to listen to you you did a b c d e f g I don't need to put you in my life um (laughs) no no (laughs) oh man yeah (laughs) um it for him it's it's he wants he wants to I don't know so much of the time he just wants to be heard he just wants to be a part of the process so giving him that space honoring that space honoring him as my father um which is something that I know will be an interesting topic moving forward for my own personal life and certain things. Um, but giving him that space to try and be sometimes and giving him that space of giving him that respect of like, you are still my dad, no matter what you've done. And I do love him and I know in his own way, he loves me. Um, so giving him just that time, if that's what he needs, a lot of the times he doesn't need it and he doesn't want it. And that's okay too. Yeah. I've come to a place of accepting that and that's going to be the relationship that I have with him. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. No, cause that's, wanna... no, yeah, that's, it's a, it's a big theme and it's just something that kind of has been like reproaching me, not necessarily with my parents, um, but just with like problems, you know, when mm-hmm. we talk about root and symptoms, mm-hmm. like, you know, a lot of people I feel like just want to deal with the circumstance um, they look at the circumstance but mm-hmm. they don't take the time to break down and diagnose like what led to this mm-hmm. what like you know like I have a, a few friends that like they want to worry about like what other people are thinking and like all these things and I'm like dude they're gonna talk and they're gonna think mm-hmm. no matter what you do mm-hmm. so all you can do is worry about what you can fix if there's six things in front of you and you can control three of them then focus on those three. Yeah, for sure. Um, but that, that starts with going to the root. Mm-hmm. And I think people would much rather just get a new clean slate and try again. Oh, yeah. Instead of it's just, easier. Ins- right. Instead of just like, let me just pull the root out mm. and see what's going on here. Um, it's because it's easier. No one wants to, no one wants to, no one wants to pull out the root. It is painful. Yeah. It's hard. It takes work. You're opening up a wound. If you think of all those issues, all those symptoms, mm-hmm. um, there's a root cause to each of them. Yeah. Think of it as like a wound, right? If the wound is insecurity and for so many years of your life, that wound keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper. You're just trying to cover it with yeah. like a little bandaid. That thing needs surgery. That thing needs to be cleaned out. That thing needs a lot of work. Right. And that's hurtful. Not only does it get deeper, but we, me and Rudy and uh, another friend of ours, Nick, he, we were cleaning up a, a root in his back, or not a root, a weed in his backyard. And 
once we trimmed it all down and we got down to like the base of it, mm-hmm. it had branched off mm-hmm. thousands of different times. Yeah. Yep. That, and it was like all entangled up in one. But there was, was like so yeah, there was like three times. core branches that were twisting all the way around like the main. It was like yeah. it was insane. It was insane. Yeah. And that is how all of our hurts, that is how all of our insecurities, that is how all of our struggles Ugh. are within us if yeah. we let them get to that point. Yeah. Um, and it, it's something we're going to be talking about coming up soon um, and on an episode called Font, uh, Fault and Responsibility. Uh, it's not your fault, but it's your responsibility. Mm, that's um, good. And so, you know, you talked about it a little bit like with your dad, like, yeah, you're going to have your indifferences and that's not your fault, but mm-hmm. it's your responsibility to accept mm-hmm. that that's who he is and you can only do what you can do. You can only control yourself. You can't control anyone else. Mm. Uh, so for anybody listening, it a lot of things in your life are not your fault they're not um, but they are your responsibility mm-hmm. to to take the heat of um yeah what? yes what is your title like right now yes as like a human being or as <laughs> <laughs> or as like in work in work so i currently am a kda therapist but i uh, i'm also an associate professional clinical counselor i'm working on becoming a licensed professional clinical counselor Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know Brody's a vulnerable guy, so I'm like, we wouldn't be doing this podcast if we weren't. Um, could you self-diagnose both of us right What? Now? No! <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I don't diagnose my friends. That would be very unhealthy. And second of all, we haven't done a full assessment. Like, okay. that would, I don't Fair diagnose enough. people just off the get-go. Yeah. I'll pretend to do so. Like, I sometimes mess with my brother. I'm like, dude, you have dissociative identity disorder. I can't with you. He knows I'm joking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he knows I'm joking. so self-conscious. Little brother, <laughs> I'm so joking. Um, no, but I, no, but I don't. I don't. Um, I would need to, like, really have a sit-down conversation, find out what your symptoms are, how long they've gone on for, and then dive into the DSM. But, yeah. Um... Could you diagnose us right now? You're funny. What's wrong with me? How do... There's multiple things I want to ask. One is just like, just kind of like, what is your God flow like in the sense of like, what does your practice of your relationship actually look like with him, like practically? So I wake up in the morning. I'm, I try to... Um, if I don't over snooze myself um, before my feet hit the ground, I usually say good morning. Um, and it's as simple as I just say, hey, how's it going, big guy? Yeah. Love you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, please be with me today. Um, and then I usually, uh, I'll usually lift up my clients of the day as well. And then I get ready for the day, um, head into work. If I have time before my first client, I'll usually put up put on a worship album. I'm really into Tori Kelly's new album right now. Um, oh, it's so good, guys. It's a great album. Tori Kelly. Tori Kelly, her new worship album. Fire, dude. So good. Better, Anyways. Than, better than the Encounter EP? <laughs> that's so good. That's so messed up. Like my one of my best friends and my baby sister's on that. That's not okay. That's no, it's never, no, <laughs> never better. Never. Um, but she's got some great songs on there. Um, there's a song on there called "Help Us to Love," and that I usually have that on repeat. Gotcha. Um, because I work with a lot of families sometimes, and he's called us to love every everyone. Yeah. And sometimes these parents, guys, uh. I can't. Um, parents are the hardest to love sometimes. Um, go figure. Uh, and throughout my day and my lunchtime, I try, I like take my lunchtime, at least like 15 minutes of it to read my Bible. Um, yeah. Just sit in my office, close my door and read my Bible. Do you get hit with like a passage or, or, do, you, or do you have like kind of like a, not a chronological, but like, oh, I left off here last time. So I'm going to continue forth from there. Like. Yeah, I'm currently going through the Corinthians at the moment. Gotcha. Um, but sometimes uh, I'll open up my Bible app too and see what's on for the day. Mm-hmm. And if it's something that like really like speaks to me, I'll go a little bit deeper into right. it. Uh, but yeah, and then I journal. I have so many journals <laughs> um, in my car, but I try to journal. I have a journal for services. I have a journal for leadership. I have a journal for my own personal use. And then I have a journal for my future husband. So at some point I got a journal. Mm. Journal about your future husband. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of like, where are you? What you doing? How's it yeah. going? That's cool. 
Yeah, I talk to him in my journal like I do God. It's actually really interesting. That's mm. very interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then before I go to bed, I pray again. Gotcha. But every once throughout my day too, like just depending on the day as well is something hits me and I'll usually like send it up to him I like to think of it as like sending him like a little text message I had someone describe it to me that way when I was an undergrad they're like just send God a text message Mm -hmm. just like a quick update of how you're doing and I was like that's so weird but actually it stuck with me I really like it yeah (laughs) (laughs) literally like like that last session that last session sucked like I don't know how I'm gonna get through this like I really need you Mm. yeah just little things I like that um Thanks. I know it's really, it's like, I think I was wondering that sounds really cheesy. It was like, hey, it works for me. Yeah. Each person relationship is going to be their own. Yeah. What did Trey say? He did a, a letter to God. Yeah. Or letter, he wrote a letter to himself, to himself from God. From God. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. yeah. I think he's done that like maybe two or three times. Yeah. Um, but he mentioned it as just a practice exercise. Um, it was cool. I tried it. It was definitely dope. I, I want to do it again. I want to do it again. I'm kind of sure. afraid to do it. Yeah, that sounds interesting, though. Yeah, uh, that... I, I think the biggest thing for me was, uh, and why I ask about like your development of like hearing his voice, because like obviously a lot of the thoughts do come from him, but there mm-hmm. are also thoughts that don't. Um, so you know, me writing that letter, I'm like, okay, like is this really something that God would say, mm-hmm. or you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm, or is this mm-hmm, something mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. I'm trying to put on it? Uh, from my own mind as esteemed as I feel about my, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, um, but, <laughs> uh, how, what is your, <laughs> what is your battle strategy when it comes to anxiety, fear, <sighs> I think these types of things? my biggest thing is catching them early. Yeah. Um, if I can catch them before I allow myself to sit in it too long, yeah. um, then I'm good. If I've sat in it for too long, um, so when I lived in Virginia, I struggled with like really intense anxiety. It would wake me up at night. Like I couldn't breathe. It felt like an elephant was sitting on my chest. Uh, yeah, it was bad. And I knew it was, I was struggling with forgiving myself for, uh, a choice that I had made and it just sat super heavy on me. Like I knew that God, that like the people forgave me, God had forgiven me, my best friend even threw it out there, like if Jesus has forgiven you, are you better than Jesus for not being able to like forgive yourself? And I was like, yeah. well, no, I'm not, right. but I'm struggling here. Um, so that was a lot of outward, like, Lord, I give you my anxiety. Lord, I give you my insecurities, my unfaithfulness, my lust, my guilt, my shame, my whatever, just laying it completely out there as verbally and as loudly as I could without waking my roommates and being like, please take this from me. Like, I cannot do this and doing it over and over and over again. Um, and after, like, I did it for so long. Um, you just, I felt his presence. There was no denying that he was going to yeah. be there when I needed him. So for me, catching it early is a big thing. Um, recognizing what it is. So if it, like even before this, right, I was a little anxious, but I knew it wasn't excited anxious. Like I yeah. knew it was because I was about to do something that was going to be like good in the end. Right. Um, so it's not a bad anxious that's going to like keep me from it yeah. um, type of thing. So figuring out, being able to identify what is it. Yeah. Um, and then fighting it usually through prayer, usually through that ta- like prayer, mm-hmm. journaling, seeking my friends. Like those are my big weapons. Yeah, um, is fighting it through prayer and then fighting it in journaling, and or even if I have to say it out loud, like, like, the, like being like enemy, you're the idiot. Like yeah. you're an idiot. Like get yeah. out of my life. Like stop telling me these lies. Like yeah, I'm not gonna listen good. to you. Yeah. Uh, and then just speaking life over it. I think we undermine and underestimate the value of really vocalizing things mm. uh, because we're so used to our voice inside of our head mm-hmm. um, that when we're alone, I think it's just natural to talk to yourself inside, inside of your head. Inside your head. Because you don't uh, want to look crazy. Right, exactly. <laughs> like you're just sitting Sense. in your room and you're going through these feelings, you're going through these thoughts, but like, and maybe even in, in to an extent, that's the enemy literally muting you, like keeping mm. you mute. Like not that he can do that, mm-hmm. but that he will allow you to do that to yourself yeah 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 um to where like i could have the greatest thought in my head but once i vocalize Mm -hmm. it and i demand it and i put energy the breath of god literally through it that's so good um there is a whole nother power and dimension Mm -hmm. and just freeing sense that kind of comes from that and even in the context of journaling like you might get some of the best stream of line of thought out but like 
think about all the sermons we hear like you're not going to soak all of those in unless you actually take extra time to, to go, go back. back and process through it mm-hmm. read it out loud like it's yep. you know these are things we learned as children like practically like read it aloud like if you're not understanding it literally read it out loud and so yeah i think there's a i think there's a lot of power in just it can be the shortest line god you're good it could be you know, it could be so small mm-hmm. um but vocalizing it um it does something and that just makes me think of like the tongue is so powerful like yeah. it has the ability to bring death and bring life right like what are you going to let it bring and so if real. if you're speaking out those truths right if you're yeah. speaking out his word and i love that you 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 said it like it is the the breath of god that he's put into us if we're using that yeah how much more powerful is that fight going to be? Right. Sometimes we have to say it out loud, and it's okay to say it out loud. Yeah. Man, I, I've been on this verse for a while, and I think I said in the last episode, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Father. Mm. Something that Tina um, had said mm-hmm. in um, our interview with her, Tina Hayes, she said that she reads the Bible out loud intentionally. I love so that. So the words of reading are just mm-hmm. like filling the air, filling the mm-hmm. air washing <laughs> over her. Love it. Reader was like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> <the> images. <laughs> amazing. Yeah, it's great. I mean, we do the same thing on Tuesdays before we go into service, right? Yeah. We all pray and, and worship around that auditorium. Yeah. And the power that comes from that yeah. is gosh. ridiculous. Yeah, you weren't uh, you weren't here last night, right? No, no, yeah. I didn't come on oh Sunday. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, do you have the video? <laughs> we, uh, you know, pre-service prayer and like, mind you, like I've only been in leadership for like a month now. Um, so yesterday is maybe my second or third pre-service prayer, uh-huh. you know, and um, uh, Chase was talking and then he was like, Becca, do you have anything that you want to say? And she, at first she was just kind of like, uh. didn't really say anything. She's like, well, actually, and the, you know, she kind of started to go off a little bit. Uh, and God had kind of put intimacy, the word intimacy on her heart. Mm-hmm. And Chase was like, all right, yeah, intimacy. He's like, you know what? He's like, Becca, can you just, can you lead them in, uh, in here again? And we all just started just I've singing. seen pieces of this video because people oh posted it on gosh. their Instagram. And I'm just like, yo, like it, as soon, literally as like three words in, spirit. Just Love the whole, it. I was like, oh my God. We didn't even get to start singing before I dropped to my knees because I was just like, <laughs> I literally was like, yo, like. This He's is, here. Yeah, this, this <laughs> is crazy. So good. Um, Want to play it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll probably have it as the intro, realistically. just a piece of it you know um like i said there's so many sermons and god god does so much work um and we pray so many prayers um just number wise Mm -hmm. that it's so hard for us to retain everything that we prayed for everything that god has said everything that has been spoken over us it's almost impossible to and that's why overflow means what it means Mm -hmm. you're beyond your capacity and you're only going to be able to take certain things some things will just splash right off of you so on and so forth but like Absolutely, like again, like I like I said, every time I hear that, I feel it again. Yeah. I feel it again. So even just having that thirty second video on my phone, mm-hmm. like how much power that yeah. will do in my days to go forward because mm-hmm. I can hit an anxiety moment and just play that and just remember that moment. You know what I'm saying? And so like that's so crucial because we right now we're not thinking about hundreds of things that god's already done for us Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and in those times when that feeling Mm -hmm. comes and we have to have the quick twitch response to anxiety to fear to depression to whatever it is that's one of those ways like go back to a moment or a feeling or something that god's already done in your life um so i'm actually currently trying to build a list i'm trying to backtrack and build Mm -hmm. a list of all the things that i can remember that god has done so I don't know how long that list is going to go, um, but maybe yeah. just another recommendation for people listening. No, that's really good. Um, build up a list of things he's already done for you. Put it in your phone, put it on your wall, in your car, whatever you need to do. Um, Even having like a, like a verse, like one specific verse that really speaks to me because 
I, I mentioned it a lot earlier in the session, but fear was such a big struggle for me. Mm -hmm. uh, fear that I wouldn't be good enough, fear that I wasn't going to succeed, fear that I'd fail. Yeah. Um, and I, I picked a memory verse and I put it on like my, my mirror and I just read it every day to myself. Uh, finding a verse that speaks to you that you can carry with you on like a notepad with it, like inside your wallet or in a spot where you right. know you're going to be able to see it at all times. Um, something that's going to be able to help you yeah. to remember those words right. because that's how you combat all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, like sometimes some people need some more support and need some more help and that's where things like therapy or, uh, or, or whatnot kind of come into play. But there's like to diminish the power of the word of God would be ridiculous. Right. So having that on you and having that covering over you. So good. Um, I think you've you touched on it a little bit during your, uh, during your service. Uh, the one that the service that you did with chase. Um, and I've kind of had the same like mentality kind of along the lines of just like, God is just so far ahead of us and beyond us that science and all these things is really just us catching up mm -hmm. we're so far behind but it's just us just slowly just figuring out you know more and more things sure most scientists probably don't diagnose it back to like well god did this mm -hmm. but some do um so for you like what are things that god taught you through science through self not self i don't want to say self mm -hmm. because that can be a dangerous route for people that have listened to the podcast i've shared plenty of self-searching that i did and it was not healthy it got me nowhere it did nothing for me um so i don't even want to go on the self route but uh as far as just the science psychology like you know concepts of like learning who we are and how we are um what has how has god aligned his word with that um for you I think it all aligns. Yeah. Um, I um. don't think that they need to be separated because God himself created science. He created the way it all works. Yeah. Um, for me, the mind is so interesting. Like literally it blows my mind yeah. the way that it works. Right. And there's still research to be done to it because we can't figure out everything. Mm -hmm. I shared a little bit when I did speak about the brain um, and how it is. And I talked about like um, the amygdala and the hippocampus mm -hmm. and how the two kind of... <laughs> <laughs> Immediately I heard you say medulla. I'm like, uh, so I can't with him. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but even the way they work together um, like blows my mind. You can't look at it and not think like, wow that had to be created by someone like, I don't, yeah. yeah. Um, but if I look at like my views of psychology, if I look at my views on like therapy and counseling, mm -hmm. um, I'm a firm believer in what's called family systems, which isn't, there isn't really, at least that, I mean, I'm sure there actually probably is, but I haven't studied it. In school, you don't really study a theory that's like Christian based. Yeah. There might be some theorists that have had a faith. Majority of them don't. Um, but family systems believes that family is such a big part of who we are that our family affects us and that things work in cyclical motions. Yeah. And it's true. Right. Like the Bible talks about how, um, you know, we we were meant to learn to grow from our parents um, and that there's also cycles within that and the idea of there being like almost curses that are cyclical right. and things that start to happen that are that way. And that would be, I could take that back to it being someone's addiction or someone's, you know, um, someone's own mental health, like it being something that gets passed down and passed down and passed down until someone breaks it. Like if we look at that from, you know, that therapeutic perspective we look at it from a christian perspective like there's that sin that happens right whether it's the anger sitting in our our sinful anger um my dad's anger got passed down to me and if i had not come to a place of recognizing that i wasn't going to let that happen to my future wow. it would get passed down to my future children yeah. and it got passed down from his dad my grandpa's an amazing man but from what i know is he did struggle with anger and it was probably something that happened before that yeah. we learn from these things and they're also they're cyclical like we have to learn from them um but i i stand firmly on that belief and he he's he's in all of it i really can't look at anything that's sent to me scientifically and not see god right like it has to be yeah. there's no way yeah that's cool um is there anything personally on your heart or that you've been spending in your private time or just in general 
um, with the expectation of doing this recording? Like, is there anything in specific that you want to get out um, to our generation? Um, um, so something that he's really put on me is, and it's so interesting that you touched on like self and looking for self because he really pushed on me like identity mm -hmm. and who we are. We are raised by our parents first or caregivers first and foremost. Yeah. And that can be different things, right? That could be a biological mom or dad. That could be foster parents. That could be grandparents. That could be aunts, uncles. It could be whoever. Yeah. Uh, it could be single parent households. Um, but we learn from them what truth is and what love is, right? And so we find our identity first and in that. And what it's not. Huh? I said, and what it's not. But we don't recognize that that's not what it is. Right. First and foremost. We right. recognize it as that's the truth and that is what it's supposed to be, right? Uh, yeah. So it's not until we grow older and experience something different that we recognize, like, maybe that's not how it's supposed to be. Right. Um, for those of you that have and believe the truth of what your parents said, and maybe it was a truth that doesn't align with God, his truth comes first and foremost. His is the one that we have to hold on to. His identity of who we are is the only truth that we have to have. And I know that many of you come from hurt households. I come from a hurt household. Like hold, knowing and like believing that identity is took years for me to get to a point of being able to let go of. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I'm 29 and there are still times when I, I hear these self-doubts in the back of my head. And I, I want to first tell you, like, you are beloved, like you are a son and a daughter of the most high God. He sent his son to die specifically for you. And no one could ever take that away from you. There's no person on this planet that can tell you the opposite and then be telling you the truth. Yeah. That's all a lie. Um, but I also want to tell you to keep fighting through it. Like those emotions that come up, that hurt that can come up. If you're trying to get to a place of accepting that truth, it's going, it's not easy. But I want to encourage you because you're not alone. And there are people that want to fight alongside you. There's a family within your church. There's a family within the friends around you that want to fight and want a war alongside you. Don't do it alone. You don't have to do it alone. Yeah. You have people that will help speak that same truth over you because they believe that in you as well. Um, so your identity, being in Christ, is so important. Getting there, difficult but not impossible. It's always possible through through Jesus, and he's there for you in it, and you're also not alone. Um, so you don't have to hold on to those lies that we grow up, that you may have grown up with. Um, and that's not to say that people don't grow up in great households. There are some great parents out there that yeah. do amazing work. Right. Um, and sometimes the world still throws us curveballs and still throws us lies. So hold tight to the identity that God has for you, not that this world might have for you because the world might try to mold you into something else and tell you that you can be something else. Yeah. Um, and you'll always strive for that thing and you'll never reach it because it's not going to fill that hole in your heart. So you were not cookie cut. Nope. That is for sure. Um, yeah. Practically. Sure. How can we, uh, obviously you work with children, um, so for those that don't, obviously we can volunteer our time and do a few other things, but what are some practical ways that we could and should uh, kind of love on the next generation? Oh, that's such a good question. I actually just did a training last week um, and was given like some resources. Uh, there was a study that Harvard did oh, wow. that proved that it takes one person to change a child, like a youth's life. Mm. One person Jeez. that's willing to reach out yeah. and intentionally pursue that young man or young lady to help change their life one um so if you are looking to do that because that is so crucial um to our generation who can be really selfish at times yeah. um if you're involved in a church get involved in your youth group um if you're involved in a church but you may not like maybe there isn't a youth group or their brother um what are they called Big brother. Big brother, big sister, like uh -huh. doing something like that. Um, there's always room for them to want more people. Um, you could even do some, if you're good at school, some free tutoring, reaching out to people there. Um, yeah. What are some good questions that we can ask them to help? Just get to know them. Be real. Yeah. Just get to know them. Um, we call that building rapport within therapy, and it's building that relationship. It could be as simple as like, what do you like to do in your free time? And be intentional in that free time. Yeah. Like if they love to play video games, if they love to go play basketball, if they like to go on hikes, if they like to write or draw or whatever, encourage them to do that with you. Yeah. And if you know nothing about that, 
like I know a good amount about hockey, but I know almost nothing about other sports. Yeah. I pretend to know a little bit about stuff here or there. And I'll mess with Jamal a little bit. Um, but ask them questions. Have them teach you. Be real and honest yeah. and be at their level. Don't try to parent them, but just be present for them. Yeah. Um, put your phone away. Right. Um, don't yeah. have it. <laughs> Jamal just put his phone away. <laughs> put your phone away. Put it on silent. Like let whoever might be trying to contact you that you're not reachable for the next however long and just be so then how can we because obviously those there's very practical ways that we can love on them from a secular mm -hmm. loving point of view um maybe this is just for me i'm sure there's probably other people listening uh, that might be able to relate but like i'm still i don't want to say new to the faith thing because that's not what it is i'm new to practicing my faith Okay. Um, as of like the last year. So I've seen tremendous growth because all the knowledge that I've had built up mm -hmm. finally got put into practice and okay. now you see results, so on and so forth. Um, hence this podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I still don't have this like curriculum or blueprint or like this lined up thing of like how I can necessarily guide people in their faith. All I know is the questions that I have and how that will help me and i'm just hoping that that will start conversations for other people and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they develop their own opinions so on and so forth but i don't have this like structured thing of like okay people all right if you're new to faith this is how it works this is how you go a b c all the way to z right so for those kids and the same way that we want to love on them like how can we guide them in their faith when like it's probably a brand new concept um to most of them like i can speak for myself specifically um, so I have three half siblings. One of them is about to be 13. Uh, she's about to be 13. Uh, Robbie's 10 and Emily is seven. Wow. Um, and so the faith concept, the God concept, like <laughs> there's just so much in that. Like how can people like myself, um, how can we kind of guide kids mm -hmm. um, in faith? It's such a, I feel like it's just so fragile. I don't want to like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to give them any wrong advice. I don't want to give them thoughts that are way too hard for them to comprehend. Mm, fair. Um, I remember having like little storybook Bibles, like pictures. I was just going to say, yeah. Little pictures and things like that. And that kind of develops some kind of concept. So beautiful thing about the storybooks is because like your two younger ones are so little. Yeah. Those still work. Yeah. Because for them, stories are how they absorb. Right. It's how they learn lessons. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, like so much, like each culture has different like stories that they tell to teach children lessons. Right. Um, even fairy tales, it's the same thing. Hmm. So you start off that way and then maybe you dive in a little deeper and yeah. ask them what they think yeah. or ask them, do you have any questions or what do you think about that story? Or how do you think he felt? Like, what do you think you would have done in that situation? Or would you have been scared if that happened? Like, that sounds kind of scary to me. Like mm. really and be feelings, real and yeah, be thoughts, genuine yeah. about it. Right. Um, about like the things that you ask and the way that you kind of approach them. But the storybook Bible, some of those can be really, really good and really helpful. Because yeah. it starts, it lays that foundation of what it could be. Yeah, it doesn't go into the full extent, but they're little. They can't understand the full right. extent. Right. Um, there's only so much that you can do. Like even with my little kids in my therapy office, like I don't sit there and do talk therapy with them. Yeah. That would be <laughs> the most ridiculous thing in the world. Right. They'd it'd be like five minutes and be like, so I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> um, like we do play therapy and we do narrative therapy. Like we, mm. we do something that's going to be able to reach them for your 13 year old sister it'd probably be a little bit different yeah it would be like i want to bring her to rush night on thursday yeah i was gonna say yeah. have her come out yeah um having them join and then giving them the space to ask questions like to generally be like hey how did you like coming on thursday what do you think about it do you have any questions about this i know that it's really different because the christianity like we're a non-denominational church yeah so the way we do church compared to like a roman catholic church mm -hmm. so different right um, so she's probably going to have a lot of questions and a lot of like being like, why do we do it this way? Why is it done this way? Like, um, my little cousin, she's 13. Mm -hmm. She's been coming on Thursday nights. Um, but they, and her family's Christian, but she attends a Catholic church or Catholic school. Mm -hmm. Um, so she also knows like a lot of the Catholic, um, rituals, yeah. I guess. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I don't. I, 
a lot of the steps the that they do within like the, the, tra- tradition. the traditions. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I don't want to step on any toes. The traditions of it. Um, <laughs> we don't do <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. T- sorry. Just trying to find the word for a beach. Uh, <laughs> um, the traditions of it. But she wanted to watch Pastor Chase. Um, watched him speak a few weeks back. So I brought them to church with me because I was watching them that morning. And she stayed with me in Maine instead of going over to youth. And we did uh, communion, and yeah. she's never done communion before. And communion in the Catholic Church is very different yeah. from communion in the Christian Church. And so she was like, "What do I, Connie? What do I do?" Yeah. And she's like, "You just..." And I was like, "Is this your first time?" She's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Okay." So I asked her a few different questions, like, "Who do you believe Jesus is?" And she like responded, like, "He's my Lord and Savior. He died on the cross for me. Like, he rose again." Okay. Okay. And so like, do you, like do you believe like? And I I we went through like the the like when they did you know communion for the first time when Jesus did it with um, his twelve disciples. We went through that process and explaining it to her, and she's like, "No, no, I understand what they were doing." Like, this is what we do. Is what we do it in remembrance of what he what he did for us and she's like okay (laughs) she's so funny because like the the wafers came around and she didn't know to like wait till you have both and so she ate it i was like where's your wafer and she's like i ate it and i was like oh and she's like was it not supposed to i was like no it's fine (laughs) (laughs) um but it's just giving for her it's there was a lot there's a lot of still certain questions of like why is this done differently so giving them space to ask those questions and trying to answer them as honest as possible and if you don't know the answer don't be afraid to say you know what i don't know let me see if i can find out for you yeah um because then you're being real because if you make up something and it's completely (laughs) wrong they're gonna call you on it because that's what teenagers do and little kids Um, so just giving them space to share, being open and honest with what the information you have as well and coming with a genuine heart because they recognize that Mm -hmm. because if you come at it fake, they're going to know. Yeah. So just coming from a place of love and wanting them to experience it and inviting them and just being present with them. Yeah. That's all kids, kids want that attention. That's really all they want is they want someone to be genuine and real with them all the time. Yeah, we want 100%. It's all we want. Yeah. It's all kids want. Yeah. Um if you could put to pack a bag, you mm-hmm. could pack a spiritual bag. Uh-huh. Um what would be your top 3 to 5 spiritual traits whether it's just as practical as like prayer or as um boundless as like joy, you know what I'm saying, like random <laughs> spiritual <laughs> spiritual spiritual traits. Um, that you have to, that have just been essential for you? Spiritual traits that have to be essential for me. Yeah. Couldn't you have given me this question before this so I could have had more time? <laughs> um, <laughs> prayer. Prayer Prayer is key because uh, that's my line of communication with him. Uh, patience, one of the fruits of the spirit. Yeah. Uh, I need to have a lot of it. And, <laughs> and what I do, and I think this world is missing out on patience. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're, we're too short with one another. Yeah. Um, I love that you said joy. I'll take joy. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to have just immeasurable amounts of joy continuously. That'd be great. Love. Traits, you said. Maybe you can throw a practice in there, a habit. A habit. the practice and the habits will lead to the traits yeah 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 that's true there's dang now i'm thinking of too many (laughs) (laughs) i don't like this question um it is a good question (laughs) i still my answer gets changed every i feel like i could change it multiple times like i feel like i could switch love to being like relationships yeah right because in your relationships you do find love yeah like romantic um, but friendship, like so many. Right. Um, I think of my love of journaling. Mm. And in my love of journaling, I find so much joy. I find so much. And then there's peace. I find peace. And I find patience. Listen, I don't like this question. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'd probably end up throwing journaling as my yeah, last one. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah, because that's going to be an episode coming up. And I've been asking it to... A lot of people just to kind of see like what they say what they think of off top stuff like that yeah. Um, but yeah because every time i ask it i feel like, like damn like my answer changes this, his answer changes like all the time we haven't answered it for ourselves 
If you could pack. Oh, wow. Has anyone twisted the question on you? Not yet. We're using it all to reference and lead up to oh. a Secure the Bag episode. Oh, okay. Um, where we can just dive in on the concept of your luggage um, in general. Um, when you say luggage, do you mean like emotional luggage, spiritual luggage, life luggage? Well, realistically, you can only fit so many things in one bag. You know what I'm saying? So it's just it's like true. if you're taking joy with you, then you're not taking you know what I'm saying? Like, I guess if you're thinking of it that way, joy yeah. is too big in the bag to have space for certain things that's that true. can't coincide with joy. That's true. Um, and that's just one example. So right? this airline is only letting me carry one carry-on. You got to carry on. Just one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Dang, that's brutal. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, but fair. But fair. Yeah. But really fair. fair. You, you can't take some of those things with you, mm-hmm. just like you can't take some of the people with you. They don't, yeah. They don't have a ticket on this flight, so. Oh man, that's a whole other thing. So, <laughs> oh, what do you do with the people you can't take with you? <laughs> you tell them I love you, and then you say peace out. No, I'm just oh, kidding. No. I'm just kidding. That's not how you do it. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I thank you, woman of God, for being on here. Thank um, you for having me, guys. I'm this sure is fun. I'm sure this is not going to be the last time. No, um, no way. I'm going to give my counseling session. <laughs> you that. you just want to get assessed so that I can diagnose you. Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't need it. No, you don't. You don't need it. I just want to know. Why? What's it going to help? I have no idea. It's just interesting. It's got to help something. It's got to. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it could. It could, but it, it could also distract you uh-huh. um, from where you're at and what you are currently working on and what God's doing in you. And, yeah. Um, it's true. You could also we, hide behind it. Yeah. Um, we, we want to know a lot of mm-hmm. things, and the more we feel like we know, the more security we feel oh, like we get. so wrong. Um, yeah. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> real. I just got self-diagnosed. Right <laughs> That's all I was asking for, guys. That's all I was asking for. Um, would you do us the honor of praying us out? No. Wow. Yes, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and then I'm at, uh, after, I'm going to go try to get somebody to come take a picture of us real quick. Okay. Oh, Father God, I thank you so much for this time together, Lord. I thank you um, for you and for just being here in this place, Father, and for giving uh, this platform um, to be able to share and to express a little bit of the knowledge that you've given me. Um, God, I pray for those out there listening, Lord, that they would seek their identity in you, Father, that they would seek to know who they are and who you call them to be, Father, not what this world may say or call them to be, not what other people may have proclaimed over them, Father God. And I pray against the things that have been proclaimed against them, Father. I pray that they would be able to hold tight to an identity that that is rooted and holy in you, Father, that you would just break those chains. I thank you for these gentlemen and for their path that they're taking now, Father, for their ability to move forward uh, in an area that Um, may not be so well known in a terrain that may not be so well marched forward before them by others um, wanting to do the same father that they're able to break ground um, that's uh, on on something very special lord and I, i thank you for that I thank you for their persistence in moving forward in it, for their courage to move forward in it, and uh, for their hearts to continue to be uh, kept their hearts and their minds their eyes to be wholly kept on you and on the promises that you have for this adventure father I thank you for this time. May you be with us throughout the rest of the week. I lift all these things in your name. Amen. 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 Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You made it stop. What happened? You made it stop. Just press the space bar.